Welcome to Wiffle's Press Box Podcast, where we discuss the latest topics in the professional world of sports. Enjoy our exclusive interviews with athletes, coaches, insiders, and fans. And now, here's your host, Gary Wiffle. Welcome back to another edition of Wiffle's Press Box Podcast. I'm Gary Wiffle, and I'm elated to be joined by the one and only Jerry Tapp. Hi, Gary. What a great introduction, you know? <laughs> and it's all downhill from here. <laughs> I don't deserve it. There you go. Oh, you do. You do. Man, I'll tell you what. You had a blog this week on uh, Luka Doncic and uh, the mad sensational rookie, and uh, I found yes. that to be really, really interesting. And Man, guys like him don't come along very often, do they? I don't think so. Yeah. I was really surprised that his numbers were on par with some pretty high-caliber uh, Hall of Famers and Oscar Robertson, Michael Jordan, and LeBron James. Yeah, I, I, I heard of that triumvirate. Yeah. <laughs> they are uh, definitely household names. But what we want to uh, talk about in this podcast uh, is kind of like a potpourri of Wisconsin sports. And Can you spell potpourri? I could. But I'm not. But you're not gonna I'm not gonna <laughs> because, <laughs> because you don't want to. Thank God for spell check. Although, you know what? Speaking of spell check, I, I texted somebody today, and uh-huh. of course, I forgot to reread it. Yeah. And it changed a couple of words in there, so it made no sense at all. <laughs> not that it originally made any sense, but, but it was funny. Spell that's check, uh, as one person once said, is a false god. Yes. That's you, you just very you, true. you just can't trust it. Yeah. But uh, yeah, now we want to talk uh, about the uh, Brewers, Bucks and Packers. Let's start out with the uh, Brewers. It seems like every summer now, or off-season I should say, uh, David Stearns pulls a rabbit out of his hat. And I don't know if anybody saw the signing of Grandel as a real possibility. I mean, I certainly didn't think of him as being a real possibility. Maybe you did. I didn't. Uh, So, I mean, it it came out of nowhere, but uh, I wanted to get your uh, take on uh, the signing. I was surprised by Gary, and, you know, they paid a pretty good price for him, too. I think uh, $16 or something to that effect. 18.2, right? 18.2. I I guess most of us remember Grandel had had a pretty bad playoff last year. He had that game where he had, what, three or four pass balls. I think his playoff batting average was last season was like barely over a hundred so I, I think that's the vision I had of him mm-hmm. uh, but when you do a little bit of digging you find out the last three years he had over 70 home runs the last three years so um, I think I was telling you somebody had described him as a Jonathan Lucroy type catcher mm-hmm. strong offensively sufficient behind the plate if that's the case, maybe they got a good signing then. Yeah, you know what? I, I think it was a steal. I know it's eighteen point two million, but the people I've talked to believe that he's in the upper echelon of catchers. Wow. And and you know what? I had the same impression of him. I mean I saw him, you know, over the years, but when I saw him in the playoffs last year, I thought he was god awful. Yeah, he was not good. And I'm not sure what the deal is. And the other red flag is if he's that good, why don't Dodgers keep him? You yeah. know, you know, you gotta wonder. Well, I think the Dodgers offered him a contract. But they did the qualifying time. offer, correct? Yeah. yeah. So. I mean, some somehow, some way, they would have kept him in my mind. Yeah. But having said that, you allude to the fact that this guy's got some punch. Mm-hmm. In the last three years, he has had uh, 27, 22, and twenty-four home runs. Yeah. 
and you put that in the mix. Oh yeah, with uh, Kane and Yelich. Yep. And uh, Mustakis and Shaw and and I'm going to assume he's going to bat at the bot towards the bottom of the order. So if he's batting the sixth or seventh or eighth, it's a pretty good uh, punch for because Pena and uh, Eric Kratz really didn't give you that kind of yeah. offensive production. I, I mean, is that the formula now with the Brewers from an offense standpoint? Screw the average. We just want power hitters up and down our lineup. It's all yeah. about the long ball. It kind of seems that way, doesn't it? Yeah, I mean, yeah. I, and I, I think it's fine because how many times you see teams win one to nothing or two to one, and it's you know based on a home run. And right. If you got five, six guys in your lineup that can get you over twenty home runs, yeah, uh, you got got a pretty good chance of winning, in my opinion. Well, but, let's hope that whatever kind of bad um, karma he had last postseason was maybe just something that was a rarity because again if, if he can provide 20 to 25 home runs and do a good job say catching 90 to 110 games uh-huh. and then you've got Pena and Kratz behind um, that like you said that could be a really really good pickup. You know the uh, one bad rap on Grendel is like we were talking about his postseason yeah and it wasn't just this past season. I mean, for the last three years now, his betting average is in postseason, okay? Yeah. 0. 0.077, 0. 0.182, 0. 0.200. Yeah. Okay? That's in 29 bats, okay? Mm-hmm. That's pretty crappy. <laughs> That's, yeah, it's not good. And, but, and then on top of it, 29 at-bats, one home run, yeah. one RBI. Yeah. I mean, it's like he's two different people. Right. You know, the guy you see during the regular season. Yeah. And the guy you see in, in postseason. But right. um, one guy I talked to said that defensively, he's he thinks he's really good. Oh. Okay. That that contrary to what we saw, because yeah. I don't, there are a couple pitches where he made no attempt, right. at least in my mind, to stop a high you know, ball that was high and outside. Yeah. He put up his glove and it bounced off his glove at least what, twice? Oh, he had, I think, at least three pass balls, if not four. Yeah. So I And you know what, Gary, I I've Having been a catcher myself, mm-hmm. I don't know if those were all his fault or if maybe the pitcher threw a pitch that he wasn't what expecting. Right. You know, you don't know those kind of things. And right. I don't remember that anything was ever discussed after the game. It's like, you know, we got mixed up or whatever. Right. No, I, I'm definitely on board with this. And if it fails, so be it. You know, it's a yeah. one-year deal. Right. They don't have a lot at stake here. Now the question to me is, what are they going to do about their outfield? I mean, everybody goes, "Oh yeah, they got you know a really good situation there with, with Kane, Yelich, and Braun." But in case you haven't followed the Brewers, when's the last time Ryan Braun played a full season or anything right. remotely close to a full season? Yep. So all of a sudden you have two guys that you can count on. Kane's getting up there. What mm-hmm. is he? Thirty-three, thirty-four, somewhere in that ballpark. So, yeah. They don't have any depth after they got rid no. of Braxton and. Uh, mm-hmm. Santana. Santana. Yeah. So it's like, okay, where are they going to get somebody? I, I would hope from a Bruce perspective that they go out and get at least a, you know, a guy that can play all three positions out there that's halfway decent, you know? Well, we were talking before we went on the air here that looking at their roster, the 40-man roster, mm-hmm. they've only got six outfielders, two of which I think are minor leaguers. The third is Ben Gamble, who is a guy that they picked up. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the three that you mentioned, Braun, Kane, and Yelich. So as far as depth, I certainly don't see it. My guess is the other thing you look at the 40-man roster, they got 22 pitchers there. Maybe there's going to be a deal in the making. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe they'll kind of um, 
they'll iron out what their pitching staff's going to look like, and there might be a couple of valuable guys that they can package in a deal for a, a pretty good, you know, like you said, a fourth outfield that can play all three positions. Yeah, and yeah, I mean, to me, that's one of their glaring holes. I mean, it's not bad when you're talking about a backup outfielder as right. one of your glaring yeah. needs, but that's well. And and let's, I, I know you mentioned this last fall. Okay, but let's hope that the fact that they have Eric Thames listed as an infielder doesn't give them security of thinking, <laughs> exactly. you know, we can always put him in the outfield because, boy, he he looked pretty rough out there a few oh, years he, he ago. Looked, he, he looked horrendous, yeah. yeah. I mean, that would be a fatal mistake. I don't. I um, hope that's not what they're thinking. Just getting back to Grandel, I, I'm sure a lot of people know this already, but it's still striking that the guy that they got, I mean, he made a splash here, but it wasn't like, Brewer Nation went absolutely crazy about it. You know what I mean? No. He's going to be the second highest pay- guy on their payroll. That's that's crazy. I mean, behind my guy, yeah, Ryan Braun. Right. But again, it's a one-year deal, and if, right. if, if it blows up, it blows up. And exactly. It's not like their uh, future is going to be yeah. mortgaged at this point. So. Exactly. Moving on, how about those Milwaukee Bucks? Yeah. Did you think they'd be this good? I, you know, I didn't think that at the midway point in the season, I, you know, I kind of thought that after the quick start that they got that we'd probably see the tail off uh-huh. and that they'd maybe slip down to third, fourth, fifth, you know, in the Eastern Conference. Right. But they've been staying up there, you know, flip-flopping with Toronto for one and two. Mm-hmm. I've been impressed. They've played well. Yeah, I've been impressed, too, by uh, what Budenholzer has done. I mean, he's yeah. obviously a very good coach. and You know, the one thing, Gary... And I know they mentioned it on, on several broadcasts. The fact that they've avoided long losing streaks mm-hmm. has really helped them. Uh, they haven't lost two in a row yet. Have they they, they haven't. They yeah. haven't. And, and the only team in the NBA that hasn't. And it's funny because in my uh, infinite wisdom, I predicted they'd finish fifth in the East. <laughs> <laughs> and and that's uh, you know what though? I mean, this sounds absolutely ludicrous, but they could yet. They because the East has five teams that are kind of bunched up. Now the Celtics are the fifth team, and I think yeah. they're five Fifth. games back. But there's still forty games to play, or so. Oh, yeah. You know, so I mean, there's a lot of basketball. And the, Boston has not played to their potential. I don't think the Seventy Sixers have played to their potential, and those are both teams that are behind the Bucks. Well, that, that's exactly right. I mean, in my preseason uh, prediction, I had Boston being number one. I, I, I don't know of anybody else who didn't pick Boston. I mean, if yeah. you didn't pick Boston at the beginning of the year, right? You know, you're you're just you're on drugs. <laughs> okay, and then I had Toronto and Philadelphia also finishing ahead of the Bucks. Right. And obviously, right now Toronto's ahead of the Bucks. Philadelphia's even with the Bucks. Yeah. And then uh, the I took a, a flyer on the Wizards, thinking that John Wall would yeah. be the John Wall we knew in the past. And right. uh, well, a guy in the organization told me the other day that. Right from the get-go this season, you know, it was a bad situation. He tried playing through it, and now yeah. his season's over. So, yeah. And then I had the Bucks. Right. Uh, now you take the Wizards out of the equation. Indiana's there. Okay. Right. So those are the five teams which I and, and many others predicted, you know, would be in the mix. And the Bucks are probably going to win what close to fifty-seven wins. I'm yeah. guessing. But you know what, Gary? The Bucks are one Giannis. Long stretch injury away Excuse me. from dropping down to fifth and below. Oh no, no question. If so, they or even Middleton. Yeah, they're one serious. You're right. They're one serious injury from 
dropping from the upper one or two down to five and below. And they've been blessed, you know, knock on wood, nothing happens to them the rest of the, rest of the way, but all these other teams have had to cope with injuries, right. and they're still right there with the Bucks. Yeah. I was going to tweet this out at some point this week. I have covered or followed the NBA since the mid-60s, okay, back when Wilt and, and Russell mm-hmm. played on Sunday afternoons like every Sunday every afternoon Sunday. With, with Chris Schenkel and so forth. But I can honestly say I've never seen as putrid of basketball being played <laughs> today in the NBA. It's horrible. Wow. It is really horrible. There's not one great team. Now, maybe at the end of the year, Golden State will prevail and show that their greatness. Yeah. They haven't played well this year. Yeah. I mean, they, for a while there, they weren't even in first, second place, you know, third place. And uh, you would think, okay, eventually they'll, they'll put it together. But who? what other team is great? Nobody. Okay, so now that you've said that, yeah. what do you attribute that to? Why is the basketball you're watching that we're watching, yeah. what do you put your finger on? What is it? Yeah, you know what? I, I think there's a dearth of star players. I mean, you look at the Bucks, for instance, okay? The Bucks are, you can argue, one of the top two, three, four teams in the East, okay? Outside of Giannis, they don't have one all-star. True. And some people are saying, well, maybe Middleton might be this year, and he's got a chance. But I'm working on a story for our website, and I talked to a player personnel director, and he's, he's a longtime player personnel director, very well respected in the league. He did not even have Middleton as a reserve. Okay. okay, and Middleton is a consensus second best player on the, on the Bucks team. Right. So if he's not, you know, you look at Toronto. Who does Toronto have besides Kawhi Leonard that's really great? Kyle Lowry had been the last couple of years, but he's not playing at a high level right now. He's been hurt. Yeah. Boston is struggling. Kyrie Irving is the closest thing they have to a, a, a real star. Yeah. Philadelphia has two guys that potentially could be great, Embiid and Simmons. Yeah. But, I mean, it's like nobody has multiple great players except yeah. uh, Golden State and perhaps Houston when you get back to, you know, James Harden in right. Westbrook, or uh, Chris Paul, I should say. And then uh, Oklahoma City with George and, who am I missing here, Paul George and oh, Westbrook. Westbrook. Yeah. yeah. So, but, I mean, you, know, you see my point? There, yeah. there's, there's not teams that are loaded up on great players. A lot of teams have one good player, like really good player like the Bucks. But if you look at the East Jury, uh, I don't know how, how closely you, you've analyzed it, but there's five teams already that know they have no chance of win, being in the playoffs. Right. Five teams. Yeah. And there's a couple others that are just clinging, you know, to a respirator, hoping yeah. to make the playoffs. So we're at the, at the uh, midway point of the season. And more than half the teams in the East are, are uh, working on the lottery, you know? Yeah. So. You know, I, I guess I'm going to go in a different direction. I, I watch a lot less basketball than you do. I and you're all the better for it. <laughs> As <laughs> but, I said. but you know what, Gary? It's so hard for me to watch an NBA game. Mm-hmm. The only time I can watch a game is I, I love to watch Golden State because of Absolutely. You know, how they play and they're more up-tempo. Right. I have to admit I've enjoyed watching more of the Bucks games mm-hmm. because they are scoring a lot of points. It, it reminds me of the old days when you know the ABA used to score 140, exactly. 150 points a game. Mm-hmm. But, boy, it is really difficult for me to sit down and watch a game and watch the entire game. I tried watching the game the other night with the Bucks and, and the Wizards. Yeah. And, oh, my gosh, I had to turn the channel. What did I tell you? Bad basketball. Oh, it was. Yeah, and, and it's been that way all over the league. I mean, 
after I think the first two, three months of the season, the ratings came out and they took a big hit. They plummeted from a year ago. Yeah. And I think a lot of people have the same feeling as you. And I think it was the NBA's hope that by putting in these new rules that they would, you know, crank up the scoring and that would appeal to people like yeah. you, for instance. And at last check, get this, every single NBA team, all 30 of them, right, yeah. are averaging over 100 points. Yeah. A couple of years ago, you might have had two or three. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's become such a joke. You get the ball, run down court, fire up a three-pointer, and, yeah. you know, come back and watch the other team fire a three-pointer. Yeah. I mean... That I was talking to, I mean, we could go into this forever, but I was talking to a real good friend of mine who's been in the NBA probably 25 years or so. And he goes, the game has changed so much, and, and I don't like it. He said, what made the NBA such a beautiful game was the athleticism. Yeah. When you think of great athletes, you think of the NBA. You don't think of the NFL or Major League Baseball or hockey. You yeah. think of the Bucks. You think of Michael Jordan, you know, Dr. Yeah. J, and all of a sudden it's like they're going away from the athleticism in favor of three-point shooting. Yeah, I mean that's that's the vogue in, in vogue today. Yeah, and he was absolutely turned off, and to me, I was turned off not not only by that, but it's just very very lousy play. I mean, yeah. all across the board. I mean, nobody's shown any really consistency of, yeah. of being a really good team. You know, the other thing, too, if, if the more I think about it, back in the 80s and 90s, you would always want to make sure to watch whenever the Celtics and Lakers played because there was that, that rivalry. I don't know if I can name a natural rivalry that there is in the NBA right now. I mean, no, what not is, at all. What is must-watch NBA TV right now? I, I don't know. I couldn't agree with you more. I, I don't know. Absolutely. I, I would even, I mean, even going back to... When I was uh, just be- became a fan, when the Bucks would play the Bulls, and this was back in the Jerry Sloan, right, Norm Van Leer, and uh, you know when the Bucks had, uh, you know, their fairly uh, good nucleus. Uh, you know, those were fun games to watch. Mm-hmm. The other part of it, there's no bad boys like Detroit either. <laughs> you know, so yeah. I, I don't know. There, there doesn't seem to be, no. and maybe it ties into what you say. There's no personality in the league, I don't think, anymore. I agree. You always had a Magic and Michael, somebody that really stood out, that captivated yeah. everybody. Right. Who's that player today? Right. I mean, who, who would be the one superstar in your mind? The one superstar? Yeah, I mean, that comes to your mind like, man, I'd like to see him just like I saw Jordan or I saw Dr. Um, J. Or, yeah, I mean, I guess I'll just go back to what I said yeah. before. I like watching Golden State, so I like Steph mm-hmm. Curry. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's. I think the uh, NBA better watch itself mm-hmm. because they have obviously come a long ways in the last twenty years. But um, I think they're at a crossroads now. Like they got to somehow figure out yeah. how to captivate the nation. Yeah, because I don't think it's happening. It, it's not. And you make a, a great point about rivalries. I mean, even like the Bucks on a, on a smaller scale. Who's the Bucks rival these days? Yeah, right. you know what I mean. Right. It's like they play a bunch of bad teams in the East. I'm going to blog uh, post this as a uh, blog sometime this week, but uh, or or a tweet. But I think in get this in their next 14 games as of Wednesday. Okay, guess how many team, winning teams they play in that stretch? Three, <laughs> three, really, <laughs> three. They play 11 teams that have losing records. Wow. Boy, I can't wait. <laughs> you know, just yeah. bad basketball. And the crazy thing is, these people are, are shelling out good money to see this crap, and that's what it is. Yeah. And you go down to Chicago, 
watch the Bulls play. Bulls are like arguably the worst team in the league. You know, yeah. certainly one of the top two or three or bottom two or three. Yeah. You know how much they pay for a courtside seat at the United Center? Three, four, five hundred dollars. Times ten, almost. Really. Two thousand dollars for a courtside seat, wow. and if you sit between uh, the players' benches and the scores table, twenty four hundred. Wow. And, they, and how bad are the Bulls? Gary, how are the Kardashians doing it? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I, I, I don't how know. How are they getting all those tickets? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it, it's just. I mean, we could go on and on about it, oh. but the NBA, I think, is like I said. More than thirty years, worst season I've ever seen. That's interesting. Yeah, there's just, just like I, there's there's sometimes I just push myself to watch game, thinking like, okay, yeah. you know, there's gonna, you know, and there are good games occasionally, yeah, but sure. but the vast majority aren't. Yeah. It's it's horrible. Yeah. So, anyways, enough of the ranting on the Bucks. You think they're going to stay up there the rest of the way? I I would like to hope so. I, I, again, I, I think the fact that, like we were saying before, I, I think they're an injury away from really falling off of there but if, if they can stay healthy I could see them staying in that you know one two three spot which I think they have to do and you know we've t- we talked about it last year leading up to this season mm-hmm. boy they've got to get past that first round absolutely you know, they, they got to get home court advantage they they got to be one of the top four seeds they got to win that first round and like you said too anything can happen it it wouldn't surprise me if they stayed healthy and played really well at the end, they could represent the East in the finals. Absolutely. I mean, especially if the Celtics don't get their act together. And, yeah. Um, I mean, it's wide open in the East. but No doubt. Um, they, could, they could win it or they could end up in fifth place and lose in the first round again. Yeah. I mean, you know. Yeah. And like, I was on a couple of radio shows in the last month and I said, you know what? The Bucks could win 60 games this year and the average Bucks fan isn't going to care. All right. he cares about is, like you said, getting yeah. out of the first round. Absolutely. So anyways. I agree. Moving on to the probably, I can't believe the Packers aren't in the playoffs yet. They monopolize <laughs> the Wisconsin sports scene. You know, I mean, no matter what they do, I mean, if yeah. they hired a fifth fifth string punter, you know, it'd still be you know big news. But uh, obviously, the big news is the hiring of a new coach yeah. and uh, Matt Lafleur. And uh, I always, remember the uh, hockey player Guy Lafleur. I do. I always think of Guy Lafleur when yeah. I see Matt. See, my thought was that when they hired uh, Matt Lafleur was, if you've ever seen the movie Dodgeball, yeah, Vince Vaughn's character is Lafleur. Oh, there you go. There so you, go. you know, yeah, I've seen a lot of memes. I guess uh-huh. what they call them on Facebook yeah. and and Twitter with referencing uh, Vince Vaughn and his Lafleur character <laughs> oh, from geez. Dodgeball. So I'm well, sure that won't be the last we hear of that during his time as. Your, your reaction to his hiring? You know, somebody else asked me that, and my response was, was very simple. I think they got who they were looking for. They wanted a young, offensive-minded, mm-hmm. for lack of a better word, hot offensive coordinator type commodity, yep. Uh, I think that's what they hired. That's what mm-hmm. they got. I think the fact that they kept Petten allows them to you know, kind of stay that path with the defense. Mm-hmm. Patton was a former head coach. He can probably help guide LaFleur a little bit. I think Packer fans were surprised because the media had given us fans the expectation that Josh McDaniel <coughs> is going to be the coach. <laughs> I won't say no, no. which one of us. No, no. <laughs> no, we were all, I, I think that was the, yeah. that was the uh, overwhelming sentiment of Absolutely. everybody. 
And, and, I, and oh, so go ahead. No, I was just going to say, and I think because he wasn't hired, and I think the fact that Matt Lafleur was not on a lot of people's radar, he certainly wasn't on my radar. No, no. He know? he was actually my third or fourth choice. I can't remember which. I mean, I was I was in the McDaniel's camp all the way, and, yeah. and I wanted uh, the guy from uh, New Orleans Carpenter, the offense coordinator, who, you know, New Orleans's offense is really really good. Yeah. But to me, there's so many questions that haven't been asked yet. I mean, they had like God, what, 50 people at the press conference, and I was waiting for one person just to say, "Hey, Mark Murphy." What happened in the Josh McDaniel interview? Mm-hmm. Did he possibly turn you guys down? You know, is it possible that he didn't want the job? And then number two, did you tell prospective candidates that they had to keep Petten as the defense coordinator? Yeah. Was that part of the deal? See, and and I don't know if you remember a couple of broadcasts before, I asked you if that was part of the whole negotiation. If because of Murphy and Gutekunz, right. if they had an affinity towards we want Petten to stay, we like Petten. Yeah. And, and I know we, we we both agreed when you hire a new coach, you let them bring in their own defensive exactly. coordinator. Right. I remember. Yep. But, yep. but you know what? I, I still think if they really had an affinity towards Petten, that I would not be surprised if that was part of what was thrown on the table. Yeah, yeah absolutely. I think that's a major mistake. You and I talked about you got to let the coach. It's like Murphy not letting Gutekunst be the GM, you know? I was like, he's meddling in in all different aspects, if that's true, okay? Yeah, and we we don't know. We don't know. Yeah, Yeah. right. No, I I thought it was a solid hire under the uh, circumstances. Again, I'd like to know what the McDaniel situation is, but, man, I'll tell you, he's he's in a tough situation. I mean – you got a small window now with with Aaron Rodgers. You yeah. got to win now. You get you got to come out firing. You know what, Gary? It doesn't matter how good of a offensive mind this guy is. Mm-hmm. You still have to have the players to execute your game plan. No question. Hopefully, Rodgers will, you know, kind of turn things around a little bit and be energized by a new offensive mind. And you know, let's hope a few of those young receivers. And you know, I think we can see from what LaFleur did in Tennessee, that he does like a strong running game, so that could bode well for, you know, Jones and Williams, mm-hmm. you know, and, and maybe that bodes well for Rodgers as well, is that they're not going to have to depend take, on... Take more pressure off. Yeah, exactly. So having said all that, what's going to happen on the defensive side? What are they going to do to shore up their offensive line? It still comes down to putting together a 52-man roster that's going to be able to survive sure when they have injuries like the defense had this year yeah okay uh, i wanted to get your take on this there are some people for instance like Deion sanders who think the packers are just a bad team mm-hmm. okay that, that it wasn't mere coincidence they ended up with the record they did yeah on the other hand there's people out there like marshall folk who believe that the packers are better than what actually transpired i'm in the marshall folk camp yeah. I, I just think like there was a stretch of games in the middle of the season, and we talked about this ad nauseum, yeah. where they could have won them. And if they won them, they're in the playoffs. Absolutely. You know, at least in the playoff picture. I agree. And so having said that, I don't think this is a train wreck like some people out there are leading, leading others to believe. Yeah. And you compound that with the fact that the Packers will have the 12th overall pick, 
they'll have New Orleans pick, which will be maybe the last pick in the first round. Yeah. But then they also have a high second round pick. Yeah. Theoretically, you should get two players there, maybe three starters possibly. You hope so, yeah. And if Gutekunst, you know, stays true to himself, he'll be active in free agency. He might pick up one or two more starters. Now, if you had five starters to the mix, yeah. That team, to me, is back in the picture, especially, especially if Rodgers, you know, gets his act together. And you know what, Gary, that's no different than what happened with the Saints a couple of years ago. They had a, a not-so-good team. Uh-huh. They had a great draft. They picked up a couple of free agents. Yes. And then the next thing you know, you know, the last two seasons, you know, they probably should have been in the championship game last year, save for the, the miracle in Minneapolis. And there's a good chance that they may make the Super Bowl this year. But that, that, to me, shows what some good draft choices and a few additional free agents can do. And that was that was a draft uh, that the Saints had that, where they picked up four or five starters. So No, very, very good point. Yeah, you're absolutely correct. And on that shrewd comment, wow. we shall uh, call this a wrap. And uh, to Packer Nation, keep the faith. <laughs> <laughs> the Pack will be back. <laughs> Let's hope so, yeah. <laughs> exactly. So, hey, thanks for stopping by, and uh, thanks problem. for the uh, great insight. And uh, thank you to all of you uh, who listened. Have a good one. See you next time. For more sports news, check back every Tuesday for our latest show. You can also follow Gary on Twitter at GaryWoofle and WooflesPressBox.com.